Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Women in Music, the podcast sharing the tales and careers of modern singular voices in music. They all just happen to be female. I'm your host, Millie Cotton, and for this week's episode, I spoke to creative producer, director and vocalist Natalie Maddox. Natalie has over 10 years of experience across various roles in the music industry and is the director and founder of House Gospel Choir, an electrifying house meets gospel experience. For their live shows, House Gospel Choir bring together a group of outstanding singers, a full house band and a DJ to create an effortless fusion of the biggest house and gospel tunes. Most recently, they've released an album. Required is a spirited and feel-good celebration of house music and features the likes of Todd Terry, Wookie, DJ Spent and many others to require some of the biggest house tracks out there. You might also know House Gospel Choir from BBC's Strictly Come Dancing, where they performed last month. I am a huge House Gospel Choir fan and it was such a pleasure to speak to Natalie. I hope you enjoy this week's episode and don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so, so excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. This is this is brilliant, especially something called Women in Music. I feel like that's something I'd love to do. <laughs> so, yeah. Congratulations on, on your new album. I absolutely love it. How was it creating that in lockdown? Um, it wasn't during lockdown. Uh, the album was... Oh, was it not? No, no, no. Uh, we, I finished off the last few bits in lockdown, but we did all of the recording last year um, and a little bit the previous year. Um, was it last year? Oh, gosh. This year feels like 10 years. So, oh, um, my God, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it definitely does. So... Um, so did you sit on it for a little while because of lockdown? Were you trying to wait for it to be able to then be like played out in like venues and stuff before you released it? Well, the release date was, it was due earlier in the year. I think maybe summer. I can't even remember, like so many timelines have shifted. Um, oh no, before, earlier before the summer, maybe June, July. And then, but that's because we thought the lockdown was going to be like, a month and then two months and three months um but yeah so the strategy has been to just kind of share the singles and keep um allowing people to discover house gospel choir from all the different songs that we have but i was really keen to like put the whole project out together because i know we love singles we love songs we love especially in dance music and house music it's great to have a great song to party to for a season but um for me it's like i just want like when you listen to it from beginning to end or even halfway and then go back another day it's it just gives you a really nice joyous feeling and you just kind of want want someone to feel joy for an hour and nine minutes i think it is <laughs> altogether <laughs> i only know that hour and six minutes i know that because my friend hold on i'll show you my best friend um as a gift um got me this Oh, I love it. It's so cool. Um, on Friday. And it has it has the album running time down there. So um, <laughs> that's why. That's such a lovely gift. I saw that you got loads of flowers. You must be like... I got... Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of flowers and, and balloons. And <laughs> it was really nice because I, I don't... Um, 
I really didn't want to celebrate. I just kind of wanted to sleep. I was so tired. Yeah, I can imagine. That I was looking forward to just chilling out. Um, but yeah, no, my mates just decided otherwise. And it's quite nice when, when you have friends that do that thing. songs that you picked to require for the album um bit of it or most of it was like just songs i absolutely love um house records that have always kind of done something for me so your favorite songs are all on the album i love yes. was it hard getting licensing for any of them did you have to get like how did that work yeah there's a couple that aren't on there or one or two one in particular that hopefully will be released um, later on like a deluxe version um but yeah it, it my manager laura is is a publishing don and she mm. just kind of she really worked hard to um get in touch with all the original writers and that was an, a really important thing for us um because there are a few there there's four five original songs um that i've written with various people on the album but the covers mean so much to me and so much to the choir because we've been performing them for a while it was key to just talk to those people that had made them um and just say, look, we this is why we're covering them, and and thank you for even for the record for existing. Please say yes, but also if you don't, <laughs> um, at, like we understand and we respect that too. So it was, um, yeah, it's important to just kind of show love to the the originators of the music you care about. Yeah, of course. Well, you do an amazing job of covering them. So I, I mean, thank you. I find it bizarre that anyone said no, but I mean, fingers crossed <laughs> for you. Who's that? This, this one that's outstanding wasn't a no. It's just like, uh, I think because of COVID, not everyone's in their office and it has, um, the original version might have four or five writers. And then we very annoyingly, I thought uh, this sample that we sing in the song, um, I thought it was from the same song. It's not, it's a totally different song. So it's, it's, it's to get that license and then also to clear this bit of interpolation that's in there. Ah, you live and you learn. <laughs> so with the debuts, you write them and who else? Do you write them with other people or uh, with the originals, yes. sorry? Yeah, no, no problem. Um, yes, um, there are. there's a great uh, woman in the choir called Lizzie um, Nightingale, who is a phenomenal writer. So I've written um, with her. Um, there's a song that will be on the, be released a bit later as well that she's singing on, which I wrote with Steve Booker and Rukshan Maurice. Um, but then there's others that are just kind of what's in my head and what's in my heart, like my Zulu I wrote maybe six years ago, six, seven years ago. And it was just like, just trying to explain like the feeling of being on that dance floor and just ha like your heart beating and everything just feeling like it's all working together, it's all in sync. Um, so yeah, so it's, that's great that that's on a Todd, those lyrics are on a Todd Terry record. Uh, 
fast. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favourite track from the album? Oh gosh, that's not fair. Uh, it changes. Today I went for a walk and it was Battle. My favourite song uh, ever, literally. I, I love it so <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's an acoustic version of it that we did during lockdown. Like we, we, we remastered it and stuff and made it acoustic. And I love that. And yesterday it was Everything is Love, um, which is honestly, I think that might be my favourite actually. Just like lyrically and the message of it is just so necessary because I was I got to the it was the last song I wrote and it was a bit like oh there's no love songs on the album and I know it's all about like being together and um you know inspiring and uplifting but actually I wanted a love song about ourselves and just um I was really at a point where I was just a bit like god dear like my body really loves me my life really loves me it's kept me going so long um that there has to be love inside of me the love starts there so literally the idea of just follow your heart um was there and todd terry played me this instrumental that he was working on and he was just like oh you know we had this great conversation and the end of the conversation was just like everything is love and so i went away after that session and wrote wrote the words and um yeah and you came up with a banger <laughs> came up with a banger I think it's a banger I think it's a banger it's, but it's, it is a it's a love song for yourself when you sing it sing it to yourself for yourself about yourself because there's so much love inside of you honestly yeah I am so mind blown by the technicalities behind I guess what the process is of making a track with so many people and also <laughs> by that like the IGTVs that you do with everyone in, like mm. the little boxes like how does it work Oh gosh, that is actually more simple now. I say that now it's more simple than it, it was um, when we first started trying to do it. And it was just be like, we wanted to feel like a choir, even though we weren't together during lockdown. So we found this, we tried it on Zoom. We tried it on house party. <laughs> like there were lots of like attempts at um, singing together. It was just, that didn't work. And then the acapella app um, by, um, gosh let me I'll, I'll find the name for you as we're talking um it just has the capability to just record everyone individually and then put it all together and our musical director harrison um is he's a g um he kind of mixes all the parts and puts it all together and that's it that like it sounds way <laughs> it sounds simple now at the time it was a lot of trial and error and just trying to figure out how to make that work but thankfully we did. I feel like the whole of lockdown so. has been trial and error. Like relying on tech for stuff is really not very easy, is it? It's like... It's not. I had to get new internet because my internet wasn't good enough to like... Do you know, I've given up and I've, I've... Yeah, I've just, I've just ordered the new new one because um, Virgin is like messing with me. Oh my God, we had Virgin. Brand. Yeah, it's, tra it's trash. In my area, it's trash. Sorry. No, 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 absolutely. Uh, same. We had it, we binned it. <laughs> Yeah, what did you what did you get? What did you replace it with? So, uh, good question. We've got Sky. Okay, cool. I've I've just ordered Talk Talk, so fingers crossed that that gives me something better because yeah, it, yeah, it's been bad. Apart from internet challenges, have you had any other really like difficult challenges during lockdown? Um, I mean, just just it being what it is is challenging. Um. I'm so I'm so used to seeing these guys every day. We have made and created our own little family. 
um, uh, and the core of the house gospel choir, like the people that are always performing is probably about 18 people. But then our extended family of people that are training with us is maybe, it's about 40 people altogether. So that's like 40 people that you're used to seeing regularly that you're, you have that, this relationship with that you don't get to see anymore. Um, and that, that was really hard um, for everyone, I think. So yeah, that, that combined with all of the canceled gigs, uh, this summer was looking like a lot of fun and a lot of traveling, which we love. Like we're very fortunate to be able to have really busy summer festival seasons. But this year was a write-off. <laughs> it just didn't happen. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. So. It was. Yeah, this year has been, I mean, it's been so difficult for everyone mm. in the music and events industry, Definitely. right? It's like, I think that's the only thing we can kind of find solace in is that we're not alone yeah. in it. Yeah. In the fact that everything has been cancelled yes. pretty much. That's it. Yeah. Mm. So taking it back, when you first started the choir, what was the original concept and how many of you were there? Um... For a long time, it was just me <laughs> because it's just me with my thoughts and just trying to be brave enough to tell other people about it. Um, and and I had done over the years, but there was this one moment in 2011, I was in South Africa doing a tour with, um, I released a single there with on a label called Warm Days called Selfish Skies. And at, at Jazz did this amazing remix. So we were out and and people liked it. So we, we managed to get out of South Africa and do this mini tour. And there was this one, there's this amazing club called House 22. Um, it's just such a vibe. And it's in this old, um, like old tenement yards, like um, township. So it's a bit, it's like a few old township houses knocked together with no roof. And it, I just looked out and I was like, this sounds like everyone was singing along. It was just the right temperature. I had the right amount of alcohol. And I was just like, I just want to feel like this more when I go home because I, I hadn't been, I'd, I'd be, I was tour managing and producing events and working with young people. And I was working in music, but I just didn't feel close to music at all. So I, like, I just want to feel like this, like once a week. And I'll be really happy if I can just get together with some mates and sing like this sing these songs I'll be happy um and then as this idea started for performing I was like oh but wouldn't it then be cool if we performed in places and did like the Sunday morning set of festivals and all these different ideas started taking off in my head but it, yeah it was just one friend my friend Natasha um rest in peace tea um and I just turned to her and said I want to do this she's like all right go and do it like I, that's the, another really good friend thing. I don't think any of my friends doubt. Like we're all really supportive of each other. We could we could each say some outlandish shit, and there'll be someone in the group saying, "All right, go on, give it a go," and that that's amazing. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like really I've been really encouraged by the people that I have encountered in my life, and the people that I have chosen as friends and have chosen me as friends. To be fair, so yeah. Um, that yeah that that's where the nugget of the idea came from and it was just it was just that and then there were like these little lovely moments that just kept happening um that just kept reaffirming it because I was like who's gonna who's gonna sing with me um but I was I was working on a show at the Royal Albert Hall and we were backstage and someone just started playing the piano so this is all the production staff like the I don't know the tour manager stage managers um lighting techniques maybe um and we just started singing like we're singing Disney songs 
And it was just, it was so sweet. And I was just like, guys, if I started a choir, but we're not going to sing Disney, so if we sang house music, would you come? And a few people were like, yeah, of course. So like, there was just like all of these moments where people were just like, yeah, of course, let's give it a go. And it was that, it was just a bit rago and people would just turn up and um, word of mouth, um, just, it grew. How did you pick house music or why did you pick house music? Um, Because I love it. I love raving to house music. <laughs> um, and for, for me, um, it's because I love I love lots of different styles of music and I'll, I'll go out and like go to loads of live events and stuff. But for me, like in terms of like bringing people together and the cross section of people I've encountered at good um, club nights um, is it's just always been like, no, of course it's house music. There's no other, there's, for me, there's no other sound or style of music that uh, can unite people in the same way. Because if you're really into beats and you're quite techie, you can like get into the track. If you're really into like vocals, then you've got all that. If you're really into like gospel harmonies, then you've got all of that too. But it's a particular type of house, deep and soulful house and inspirational house is, yeah, it's just for everyone. Yeah, you have that quote on your website from Frankie Knuckles about house music, which is... Church, church for people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, church for people that have fallen from grace. Um, it must yeah. feel incredible to know that you are unifying people. It, yeah, it's a scary feeling um, to think that we're part of that culture in that way because it's just something that that I think we've all been gifted by the people that have pioneered this music and have kept it alive and all of the labels and you know DJs and producers that have done that over the years. And for me, it was just like saying, hang on a sec, like we, we do a lot of work talking about the producers and the DJs, a lot of work um, selling the record around them. And I was like, what about, what about the voices? What about the writers? What about the singers? What about the, you know, the, the people behind those things? And that, that always, kind of frustrated me, I think, that I couldn't like easily find information on Barbara Tucker or, you know, there might've been like, I, there, there were quite a few, there were more articles about Crystal Waters, um, but there were, there were so many people just missing from the conversation. And so I was like, yeah, I just, I just want to focus a bit more on the, the vocalists as well. And uh, yeah.
If I could sing, which I can't really, sadly. How would <laughs> Every, I? How everyone <laughs> can sing, Lily. Everyone can sing. Well, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how how would I go about joining the choir if I wanted to? Is it like an open thing that people can audition for, or? Yeah. So um, the actual choir, the community of the kind of house gospel choir community, every Monday at our space in Richmix in uh, Bethnal Green is well once a month sorry was mass choir the last one was in february um and anyone can come you can buy a ticket it's in the club space so it's like a quite a nice dark space you don't have to feel like you're not on stage it's uh the bar's open you can have a drink and you sit in your harmony section and we'll teach you some songs and then the dj plays after and it's a bit of a rave um but that that's what it is so mass is just your chance to get involved and do that and that's how we kind of meet the the people that want to sing with us and once a year we will we do have auditions and we run a training program as well because on on uh not in addition to but we we run a vocal agency called rep to kind of support the development of vocalists so if anyone wants to be a professional vocalist or a semi-professional and wants a bit more advice that's what we set up to help um people do that so yeah so people can audition you're essentially auditioning to be part of rep but um, one of the projects we manage through Rep is House Gospel Choir. Yeah, nice. With yeah. with Rep, did you find that there were a lot of singers who didn't really know their worth? And how have you like yes. navigated? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, big time, big time. We were getting. Um, I do you know. I I I say this like I didn't want to run anything really. Like I just wanted to sing. That was like my my thing. Um, but once we set the choir up and. Um, even to run it i was like freelancing and using my my weight my wages my my fees to pay for space to pay for snacks to pay for refreshments pay for transport it was crazy because that was that was how much i wanted to do it um and then eventually we had to like get people to like people started paying subscription fees to be a member um but you we got loads of producers and uh DJs and stuff that wanted a choir on a track. So they'd like meet one member and then say to that member, oh, do you think you can bring six singers to the studio? Um, and let's like, and you be on my track. And because everyone's so excited to be recording music and be part of something, people were saying yes. And then I'd, I'd find out about it after the session. Um, and I was like, at first I was like, cool, like, let's just, just like, make music, go for it. But then I, I, I I heard that one session, like they they were getting paid a hundred quid for like five people or something. I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" This, and this was like, "This is a this is a producer that puts out and releases music." And I was like, "That's not on." So they're paying you expenses. I'm I'm paying for us to be developed and trained, and then they're paying you expenses to come and do. And in some instances, not paying. And then there was one where um, the guys ended up recording on quite a well known. Uh, like pop bands track and then it became an issue when it came to signing these contracts and signing this buyout deal and because they hadn't done it before so that that's why I was like oh this is not on we need to find a better way of of, of doing this piece of work and I, I think so many vocalists have been shortchanged in that way because we're just eager to sing we love singing we love being on new tracks um we want those opportunities to work with people, even if it's just what you do on the side, even, you know what I mean? It's not like, not everyone's trying to be famous from singing, but 
Um, and I think that's good. I think you should work with your friends. And I think you should, like, if you've got a mate that's producing, you should go to his or her studio and just vibe with them and write with them. But if you are going somewhere where someone is creating a commercial product with the, the, the mindset of selling this, then they should never be asking you to do something for free. Um, and they should not be asking you to do something for cheap because your time is valuable. And I think um, it kind of starts with us assessing our value and knowing our worth but there was the pricing for a session fee for a vocalist is this like the wild wild west still do you know what i mean some people some people are doing it for like oh no i'll come, I'll come to i'll come to derby and sing on your track for 75 quid and and i've done it i i say this because i've done it i like i love i love that i love meeting people and just like vibing and doing all that but when it, then the record comes out and you're like, oh, I never got anything for that. And my name's not on it. And no one knows that that's my voice and or that there's three of us singing back and forth. There's, there's so many instances where this happens that um, rep was just literally there to help protect us a little bit. So I went and learned um, more about, and I just spoke to friends that were in the industry. I was like, what's a buyout fee? Like, what's a good day rate? And the only thing we could measure what a good rate was, was against um, classical musicians because they have a really good structure for um, like what a day rate should be. Uh, like their system is very unionized, mm. you know, and they, and they have unions for their protection. Um, so we kind of started looking at their model and working off of that and just, yeah, just trying to educate ourselves as much as possible and, and create better conditions. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? If no one's talking about it, then how can anyone ever know what's supposed to be really like, even like an entry-level fee or like a yeah. mid-level fee or a top yeah. fee? Like you might yeah. think that you're getting shit loads of money and actually yeah. like they're going to go and make shit loads of money yeah. from it. So yeah. it's like, and especially like with having your name on tracks, I think mm. that's just rude, isn't it? Like yeah. not getting that recognition. Yeah. Some people don't want their name on the track. That's one thing to bear in mind. But I think like this, this, the value of your voice or your contribution is like, it's a little bit of your soul, you know, it's a bit of your spirit, a bit of your person that's inside this piece of music. Why shouldn't people know that you're there or that you've been part of this? So I encourage all all vocalists that that go on these tracks to just say, yeah, I do, I do want my name on it. Even if you have an alias, even if you, you know, so your name appears in the metadata on Spotify, and you can build up your catalog that way. So if in in five years you change your mind and you want to focus on creating a career for yourself as a as a you know a front person, then you've got this this catalog. But at the moment, like so so many people, I know girls that are on on and people, not just girls, sorry, uh, mostly women though. Um, because it's a particular sound people are looking for in that respect, um, that are on loads of tracks that you just, you can, they're just never mentioned. They're never mentioned. It can't, they can't own it. That's not their discog, you know, in a, in a real sense. And, but if you check, click the producer's name, that's his discog, that's her discog. And it's, yeah, it's not, it's not on. It's not good. Yeah, I didn't know recently that I'm sure you know this, of course, but I didn't know recently that a songwriter wasn't paid when they walked into a room. Mm -mm. And I couldn't believe that. Like, and this is different, but it's of a similar thing. Yeah. Do you feel like there are certain people within the music industry who are exploited because they're more easily exploitable? Um, I think the music industry exists to exploit. There's, there's the two, like, I think we need to be really clear about that. There's the 
music business and the business of making music, which we love. It's getting in a room and bagging some pots and, and going, ooh, over and over again. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, that's the fun bit. That's the business of making music and then going on stage, you're making the music, but the music industry is to exploit that product, the thing you make. Um, so every level of it is that. And so you have to be informed if that's what you want to do, if you want to exploit your music. And I think, I, I think the word exploit gets a bad rep because it, it just, it all, it automatically kind of creates a sense of, hierarchy and uneven exchange you know um but to exploit something is to get its worth out of it do you know what i mean to like but there can just be some more parity in how those decisions are made and how the money is split if you spent all this time creating the content then why are you getting the least out of it um it's so so every the, the industry exists to exploit the product and the product in this sense is the people that make the work. So you're always going to, there is a process of explo exploitation um, at the outset. Um, so the only thing you can do really, um, aside from certain areas of mu music industry, really needing reform. Like it's so, it's so outdated just as a model, like you just can't justify some of these cuts and percentages that people are still taking it's just wild you can't do it man you can obviously because people are doing it but it just needs to it needs to it needs to change because it's not it's not as scary and uh difficult to understand as you think it is um but while while white old men are running the industry like why does anything need to change because they're the ones profiting profiting they're the ones like giving the orders so and unfortunately we're still in that position where most industries are run by old white men like as women and especially you know yourself like being a black woman i um read your chat with annie mack from last week that was incredibly progressive how was that for you uh difficult actually really difficult because Annie, Annie's amazing like she and she's like when we're talking about allyship like Annie's a real ally and she's one of the first people that put House Gospel Choir on a big stage you know we were doing shows we were doing festivals but she really took a chance on us and essentially took us on tour with her really early on in our career um and she helped to she helped us in in numerous ways so just as a woman to kind of look up to and appreciate what she does, especially with the um, AMP seminars and all the things she, she kind of gifts to us. Um, she was a great person, the right person to have that conversation with. And I felt very comfortable going into it. It was just a really raw time though, because we, we'd done it in July. So it was like Black Lives Matter, like lockdown, like the, the conversations I, I'd been having with Funk as well about these, these same things like the, the you know the the how bad some aspects of the music industry still are for black women in particular um so the conversation as much as it's a great conversation i there's a big part of me that just wishes it wasn't necessary i'm just being honest you know what i mean like it it's it's deeply personal and it's you're talking about something so that seems so impersonal because you you just kind of led to believe that it's just this machine over there and those are just artists it, it's a really strange thing but I had a, yeah, just a really personal connection to the stories um, that I read throughout the whole thing. But sitting down with Annie and being able to have that conversation and share it as well and and her using essentially her name, because if it was just me having that conversation, um, 
saying, you know, oh, this is really unfair. And this is, you know, some people just still think whenever a black woman, black person says something about this, it's, it's just complaining or, you know, uh, just it's not the music. Why, especially on a platform like Mixmag, people just want to hear the music. They just want to hear the tunes. They just want to hear about the producers. They just want to hear about the DJ and the rave. Um, yeah, I want to like hear the politics of behind the scenes of this stuff. Um, so it was great to be able to have that conversation and have it on that platform. And I'm super grateful to Funk Butcher who instigated the whole thing um, and to, and created that whole week of blackout content on Mixmag. And I think I haven't seen another publication or platform hand over the reins in the same way to Black Voices. Um, and the way Black women's voices in particular were centred um, during the week was just, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. I've never felt that represented especially working here in the uk so yeah overall a real sense of gratitude that i was able to share that and the the biggest thing um like i said for why rep exists even is is to help educate and for us to have better understanding of the situation and and the industry we're operating in um but I got a tweet back from someone. It was just one one person. It was just like, oh, I wish I'd had this article five years ago when I started working in music. It would have helped me so much, and I, you know, and but there were, and that made me feel really happy because I wish I'd had that article fifteen years ago when I started working in music. Um, and there will be someone that's just starting that's able to pick that up and say, oh, okay, I can have an insight into this. I can understand. Um, a bit more about songwriting or producing or any of these areas um, in relation to women and and in particular black women. So I think it's it's an incredible <laughs> thing. If I do say so myself, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was good. It was, it's been good. And then you were in another article, weren't you, as well? With um, Vula and Kelly Lee. So we were in- interviewed by Shante J. Um, just about our experiences of as black women working in the industry. So it's very, it was a lot more specific. The conversation I had with Annie was quite broad and we went from everything from radio to labels and, um, but yeah, it was great to be included in that way. Cause there's also this, this gatekeeper thing that's kind of like, it doesn't allow certain people or certain voices to be heard. They just like decide who is worth listening to at any given point and almost everyone in the article has never been profiled in Mixmag or never been profiled in dance publications even though their voices are on huge records and that's that's a tragedy you know that's like a travesty rather um and a tragedy because they missed out on so much you know so um yeah very important very important yeah it's just like the opportunities that come from being profiled by places like Mixmag and things like that like if you're not if you don't have the right machines behind you you're not necessarily getting seen by the right people Mm. and it's incredibly unfair and and I think as much as much as it's unfair it's also just like it's just like a lie it's like an obscurification of what is very true about what makes these songs amazing like people love gospel vocals that come from big black women do you know what I mean like this is a sound that has coined a whole way of singing a whole style of singing and that starts in like you know gospel churches in America and and how that journeys through everything but and now anyone can sing like that but we can't 
we haven't seen those women, those pioneers and those women that are still sing in that way to this day. Um, so it's just like, why lie? You know what I mean? Why are you lying for? Why, why you gotta lie? <laughs> like, just like show the people the truth and let, let the audience make up their mind about what bits of this culture they're interested in. They might still, yeah, they might still only want to hear about the DJ once they know who the singer is and know a bit of a background. That's fine. But at least the audience has decided, not some guy that's like, yeah, I'm just going to profile DJ so and su such and such instead of, you know, whoever. The politics might not necessarily be what people are interested in, but they are so important because, like, that's where music comes from at the end of the day. It's, it comes from, like, struggles and politics and, like, difficulties. Yeah. And yes, that history is really important. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I, I understand why people don't want politics with their escapism. Like, <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to say, you know, you're, you're on the dance floor and now you must, like, think about how you're going to protest. But even being able to dance and gather is a protest in, in the first instance for, especially those kids in, in the warehouse parties in Chicago that were black and gay and poor and young um, and weren't allowed into many spaces. That in itself is political. So you can't... It's not that the act is political, but how people come to find themselves in certain spaces is political. And if you overlap, overlook that, you can and still have a good time, but there's no harm in understanding it and you still have a great time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what are your next steps for House Gospel Choir and for, um, for your agency? Uh, well, there's still millions upon millions of people that have no idea who House Gospel Choir are. <laughs> So like, uh, I think I'm just going to keep performing and making records and singing and um, and in that respect, just keep going because I think the message is love. Do you know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of space in public discourse to talk about faith and spirituality and genuine connection and kinship and working together. Not, not on this, uh, yeah, just other things are being promoted, aren't they? So um, I think we have a really important message for everyone and I think it helps. And I think seeing us is a reminder that it's good to connect with other people, regardless of race, age, skin color, you know, sexual orientation, we can all share space. You don't have to be in your own little clique. And that's the great thing about HGC actually, it's the gospel bit makes people think we're a Christian choir. It's not a Christian choir, um, but the, we, we do have space for conversations about faith. And there are some people that ha have like very, very strict faith um, who, and we can talk about it. You know what I mean? And there's some people that don't and there's some people that are just exploring it. But I just think as human beings, there's so much we don't understand about life and like what, how we, and the human condition that why not have like fantastic conversations about other possibilities about like what we are and what can uplift us and what can encourage us. So yes, yeah, so I'm going to keep doing that um and with rep we are still doing shows we're still doing um session work so we we're in the studio last week recording for a couple of really interesting projects for other people um at very good rates and uh <laughs> a very 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 good rates and just um and what we deliver that's that's the killer part as well what we're giving back to the producer or the artist or the label is amazing work like we don't we're not slacking it's always been good and um, last week's session, because I hadn't been in the studio in so, such a while, it was just amazing to be directing, back directing the choir again and um, recording the guys. Um, so yeah, so more of that. And um, and some of the guys are doing some interesting TV stuff with other artists. And 
Are you planning on touring? I mean, if COVID is not COVID anymore. Yeah, actually, they their agent and management were talking to me about some tour dates today. So I think um, some stuff will be announced soon, hopefully. And fingers crossed, we get to do some kind of Christmas show because that's the like the peak of my year. Anyway, like I just love I love Chris choirs are for Christmas. Do you know what I mean? Like we want to sing at Christmas somewhere. So hopefully there'll be something announced this week. Amazing. And yeah. finally, what advice do you have for anyone um, who wants to get into the choir, get into singing, get into the music industry? Literally, it can be anything. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get into singing, just sing. Everybody can sing. Um, not everybody's meant to sing on stage and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, But you're supposed to enjoy the act of singing. It's very um, healing and very... Um, empowering I think when you're singing your favorite song so do that uh get the house gospel choir album and sing along to that there you go um and hopefully when we're back come down to a mass choir um we're we're hoping that as part of our tour we can do mass choirs in in various places around the country um so yeah so even if you're not based in London there should be an opportunity to do one at some point soon amazing Um, I'm definitely gonna come down to one I can't wait it'll be so much fun it really is it really really is great.